Hello again, and welcome to another Horror Review. I'm joined once again by Steve, and we're here to chat about From Beyond the Grave. A British anthology horror film, this is the last of the Amicus series of movies, uh, which started with Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, Torture Garden, The House of Drip Blood, Asylum Tales from the Crypt, and The Vault of Horror. Uh, this was made on a budget of 203941 Very precise. Very, very precise, that. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, break. Fantastic. It's, it's got to be a 50p on the end as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's always 99. Everything's 99p. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, very uh, precise. I saw that. Mm. Hang on. Yeah. Fix Facebook here. Sorry, Facebook. We're bringing you back. <laughs> Facebook is so wonky. There we go. Well done. Facebook decides to have a wobble every other stream. No, most times it goes right. Now it decides to have a wee, oh, I'm not going to work. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about doing the, the House of Drip Blood as well. And uh, now realizing this is an entire series. Um, what do we do? Do we start from here, work backwards? <laughs> do we get to yeah. the first one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think uh, Amicus, they, from the films I've seen, they seem to be um, competitive against the sort of Hammer type it's of thing. Very Hammer style. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember seeing From Beyond the Grave um, in the same light that I used to watch Hammer House of or triple bill of Hammer films mm -hmm. on a Saturday night on BBC Two. And um, this is why I suggested it, um, because I remember the film. But the only segment I remember was the first one with the mirror. Yeah, that's right, because we you were trying to figure out, and I and couldn't for the life of me. Now, here's the thing. I remember this, but I don't remember the, the anthology stories. I remember the bits with Peter Cushing, especially the bit at the end. Yeah. I remember all that. Yeah. He was, um, he was, that was very, very good, wasn't it? Um, but I he, don't actually remember the the segments, the, the yeah. story segments, which is very strange. It's amazing how your memory works. But what a cast, wasn't it? it um, you know, you had the, the likes of uh, David Warner and um, Peter Pleasant, The Pleasant family, you know what I mean? The yeah. mother, his father and daughter. Diana Doors. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, it's um, Donald Pleasance and his wife. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was his daughter. Was it his daughter? Was it was it? his actual daughter? Yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the act of kindness. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's had a good old uh, British cast in it, and um, and uh, I'd never seen, I'd. I'd Never sort of imagined um, Donald Pleasance uh, in that sort of movie, um, but then he starred in quite a lot of horror movies. Um, you know, from uh, you had the um, Michael Myers. Uh, Michael Myers, yeah. He was in Halloween. Yeah. He's yeah. a psychiatrist, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, and he, he was also in another film. Um, oh, I can almost swear he was in uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but uh, no, it wasn't him. It was um, he's one of them. You know, he's one of them faces. He's a bit like he reminds me of Bob Hoskins. Yeah, he's one of those ones. You're he's 
he's there. You know what I mean? He's always there and he always puts out a solid performance. But it yeah. takes you a minute to go, oh, well, yeah, he was in it. Yeah. Stone and Pleasant, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah. There's a lot of TV as well. British cast. Yeah. Um, let's shut it Who else was in? David Warner. Oh, Ian Ogilvie. Um, he was he, he his biggest role was in he was the return of the saint. He took over from Roger Moore. Oh god, that uh, was that wasn't this Um so uh, yeah I don't was, remember I don't remember the Roger Moore saint, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, Angela Pleasance um played Emily Underwood, the, the cycle girl who done all the, the black yep, magic. The, yeah, yeah, that's his actual yeah. daughter, yeah. Come to think of it now, she actually looks like him in, in a certain way, doesn't he? But, you could see it, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Why the hell not? <laughs> it worked. Yeah. But the um the, the like I said, I I remembered from a child the, the first opening scene because um back then it scared me quite a lot. I was thinking mirrors, mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone in my mirror? You know, um, something. I, I was the same with, and I got a. Uh, camera made fun of me for it, but um, Prince of Darkness. Mm. I, uh, yeah. yeah, some of that stuff was daft, but the mirror scene was the bit that got me. And the same with, um, I was not Stephen King's, uh, not Salem's Lot, that was a window, but there was something similar to Salem's Lot, and it was vampires, but it was a mirror. And I can't, that's one I can't bloody remember. Yeah. And I don't know whether because I watched it when I was young, I got those two images mixed up. Yeah. Because the one I'm thinking about is, you know, you know the scene in Salem's Lot with the window and his friends in his pajamas and he opens the window to him and he gets bitten? Yeah. There's another vampire movie where the kid's staring into like a full-length mirror and then the vampire comes up behind him. Ah, uh, right. And I can't remember for the life of me what that movie was. It's ancient, you know. It's an oldie, but for the life of me, can I remember what that movie is? No. I, I always thought it was Salem's Lot, but it's not. Um, I lost interest in, in the movies of Stephen King's books and um, because a lot of them were bad <laughs> Yeah. after after reading the books. Um, they don't translate well whatsoever. No, even down as far as uh, Misery, um, the book was a lot more graphic than uh, the film. Um, you know, she chopped off his feet in, in the book, um, whereas she nobbled him in the in the film. I suppose it's only so much you can do, you know. Yeah. Um, but this this one, this series is just classic horror. This is classic. Um, yeah. And it reminds me, there's a TV series that are on called Friday the 13th. And it just reminds me a lot of that. And I can see where Friday the 13th got its idea from. Right. Because it was a, you know, it's an antique store. Um, the difference was the two people inherited it. And then they had to go and try and retrace all the items that were sold because they're all cursed objects. Right. Yeah. This is actually the one that got me thinking. That's when, um, obviously, we're maybe talking about having our discussion. Yeah. Getting, getting uh, a few folks on and doing discussing, actually, morality and horror. Because this is a classic story of how morality works, because the victims all do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were... Well, the first one, he, he uh, conned... Um, the guy didn't he? Um, but all the rest were were thefts, weren't they? Um, yeah, thefts or something. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's um, was it five stories in it? 
four, four plus four plus yeah, the epilogue, four yeah. plus the um, the thief, and the which end. is been building up all the way through it, all, yeah. all the in betweens. But um, yeah, business setting is it's a it's quite city street uh, little um, antique store, and essentially each each customer is coming in, and then the story pulls back after they pick up an item, and then what happens to them. So the first one is the Gatecrasher, which is the one um, that started this whole thing off. Yeah, the um, the mirror. But, um, so he, um, I did notice that uh, he, kind they kind of missed a death out because he had a, a different color shirt on to start with when he committed the first murder. And then suddenly he went to a, a blue silver type shirt, but it was it was covered in blood. It was a bit messy with the editing. I think they were trying to show him breaking down and going mad. Yeah. But I think the I think maybe the the cutting room it, got a wee bit mixed up. It, it was like he um he committed the first murder, which he they showed to us, um and then um somewhere in between between the first and the second one that we saw. Um, there might have been a few more mm-hmm. which we didn't see because uh, his his blue shirt he, he had, I think he had a white one on to start and then his blue shirt that he was wearing was already covered in blood um, so it left it open to the imagination uh, did he kill in between them, them or was it just the fact that um, he changed his shirt and moved a few of the dead bodies because uh, they were found under the floorboards of course yeah, and a and a flat because that's yeah. clever. But um, yeah, it starts off. We've got Edward Charlton. He's the main character in this. Um, Lonely's um, Ed Ken is the longest one, but the rest of all these are just short, punchy, like um, Twilight Zone type episodes, or not even as long as that, or um, Tales of the Unexpected. You know, it's that sort of thing. Just short, short, sharp. Um, get straight to the point as quickly as possible. Um, but Albert Charlton, he basically Peter Cushing plays the the antique stealer in this, so he's kind of the linchpin between them all. And that's um, a perfect role for Peter. Oh Cushing. yeah, because uh, he was just um, he was just like the Peter Cushing, wasn't he? He, was, um, he? Whatever expression he gives in a in a film is always you can always guarantee it's something evil, even though it might not be him performing the the deaths etc personally yeah but um yeah he just gives that air of of evil <laughs> yeah but in this case i would say it's a bit more ambiguous than yeah. just straight up because like i said edward charlton as i said they all do something so he hoodwinks peter cushion's character because we don't get a name he's just the shopkeeper mm. and basically tells him that this antique mirror is a reproduction to get a yeah. get him bargained down for uh on the price yeah and once you do this, once you carry out these dishonest acts, you've you've more or less sealed your fate. Mm. That's kind of the, the moral of the story here. Yeah. Um, and then he's yeah, boasting to his friends. Wrong, if you do anything wrong, you're you're um you were uh, the result of something nasty, weren't you? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's not so much the he's more like a character sitting in judgment. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah. 
Uh, it's just the, the way he was hiding around the shot, wasn't it? But he's given yeah. it's um it's like a sting operation, isn't it? Yeah. It's what what's that term? The people um it's what people do when you're not watching them tells you about their character. I don't know. Do you know um, the whole thing about people are only good if they're being watched and it's when yeah. they're not being watched is how you know the character of someone? It's when they think well, they're not being well, watched. While well, the cat's away, the mice will play sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's got the opportunity. He's not obvious that he's there. Because mm. I so learned everyone... the bit where he's got the crocodile on his hand and he just suddenly comes out. And I thought that was, that was brilliant. He, no one knew he was there, but he you was could, there. You could picture Peter Cushion. Like he, he just phoned us in. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll just do this. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> puts himself under no effort whatsoever. No. He's like he's almost like going boo, you know, just oh, yeah, I'll do that. That's <laughs> just having fun. Mm, like yeah. he has not stressed himself whatsoever. Mm. I miss yeah. I miss characters like that. I miss actors like that are just you know fun of the role. And I suppose it's the old star power thing, isn't it? Which is completely gone now. Yeah, I mean he's he's old school, isn't he? Peter yeah, Peter Cushion. You had the in the day in the sixties. You had the old Peter Cushion and Vincent Price. Well, they were the, the and they were the two team. main ones. And then Christopher Lee came around. Um, but I've been looking. Help me out with this one because I have yet to see. I can't think of a movie with Vincent Price and then of the other two in them. Hmm. It was always Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee. They were the duo. Yeah, Vincent Price seemed to have got tagged on to it, but he was his own entity. Yeah. Yeah, and you I, never, never actually saw him with, um, like another. Um, I know they were friends. I know that. I mind. Um, I know the three of them. They were known as the trio as well. You know, I mean, they got pictured together a lot, but I don't think the three of them actually worked together. No. Um, and I think, I'm probably committing blasphemy here, but I think Vincent Price kind of jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> if I'm honest, because. Yeah. Cushing and Lee were the powerhouse of horror. Yeah. Those two yeah. together could have sold anything. Cushing was Van Housing, wasn't he? In a lot of the yeah, but even in the Mummy, you know, I mean, there were yeah. there were rival doctors. There were, and even that scene, um, if you remember, in the Mummy, where they're trying to get on the train, the train. Yeah, and it's isn't it Christopher Lee's characters being all uppity about it. No, good sir, you let me on. And Peter Cushing's characters, one being all better woo, better wah, you know, greasing the palms and getting themselves on. Yeah. You know, and they were playing off each other. The the two of them always played off each other. But I never saw Vincent Price. Actually, what was put out by the media about the three of them and what actually they did together in film, I don't see it. I, I, couldn't, I don't think I've ever seen the three of them together, like you said. No, and I don't think um, I've ever seen Vincent Price with either of the two in a movie. No, I genuinely not, not, even, not even singly uh, as uh, you know, like Vincent Price and Christopher Lee. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's never appeared with either, you know, part of no. either of them. I don't believe. Correct me no. if I'm wrong, folks out there on the interwebs. No, no, I don't think so. So I think, yeah. um, I think Mr. Price's uh, PR t- team were a bit sneaky. He went, ah, you get yourself on with them two boys, get your face about, and you're made. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Start to think that's probably we see half a half a horror fandom's going to come after me with pitchforks and burning torches. I, I, I felt it was easy to confuse the two. 
Oh, Christian um, and Price are so like Um Yeah, I, 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 I can remember again thinking as a child, um, confusing the two um, actors who were. Um, it's only when they speak, like facially, yeah. they're they're very similar. Yeah. But uh, Vincent Price has obviously a unique voice. That's what sets him apart. But um, now that I've looked, you know, the more I look back into all this, you know, with an adult eye and not through the nostal- eyes of nostalgia, we're starting yeah. to see this sort of thing. And I'm like, all right, you sneaky little devil. You you just, um, you, you just grift on there to people greater than yourself. Yeah. It's just checking. To... Make yourself a wee, a wee name there. Why don't you? Uh, naughty, <laughs> naughty. He should have went to the store, you know. But yeah. yeah, back to the gate crasher. Um, yeah, Edward Charlton, he's boasting to his friends how he conned um, Peter Christian's character. So once he did that, that was it. Yeah. You know, he sealed his fate. Um, it was just sort of. I'm just looking at Donald Pleasance. Um, he, he was in so much. Oh, yeah. Um, you had Circus, Circus of Horrors in 1960. Um, just trying to think of any horror films that I s- recognize. Um, uh, Eye of the Devil, 1966. Um, uh, uh, From Beyond the Grave, 1974. That's House of the Damned, 1974. Um, uh, let's see Night Creature 1978 Halloween 1978 Dracula 1979 is that the one with that's the one with Christopher Lee that's um, the I think that's uh, uh, Bram Stoker 1979 one, one that oh was that a Christopher Lee one in nineteen seventy? I believe so, yeah. I thought Christopher Lee ended in nineteen seventy four. Um nineteen Taste the Blood of Dracula was his last one. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken. Dracula Frank Lagella. It was Frank Lagella now. You, you think uh, we've done a whole? You think we've done a whole series on Dracula and movies, and we should know about this? Yeah. <laughs> you think we'd spent two hours talking about Dracula and every iteration possible? <laughs> maybe, maybe should have remembered that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, this, this is what happens when you get this certain age, folks. The old, <laughs> the old memories. Uh, banks start uh, packing up because it's full of so much stuff. That's what it is. Really? It's not actually your brain degrading. It's you fill your brain with that much guff. Over the yeah. years, that it just rambles all together. He was also in Halloween too. Yeah, because um, um, and you mentioned went... you mentioned Prince of Darkness. Um, God, he was in that as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was Phantom, the priest, wasn't he? Phantom of Death and Vampire in Venice. Um, Halloween Venice, I remember. I think Halloween Four. Halloween five. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, he's, 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 um, and 19- Oh, uh, 
That, that new Exorcist movie's tanked, by the way, so suck it, David Gordon Green, you prat. <laughs> Slap it <laughs> up you. Um, it's getting review bombed. Nobody likes it, and it's not going to do well. <laughs> the review screenings and that are just nothing. Nobody's come out to see the previews. Nobody's interested yeah. in it. Nobody likes it. <laughs> so the so the savior of horror has um, failed again. Yeah, <laughs> and I have no sympathy. <laughs> just seeing you mention Halloween there. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. It's can't have to tell you you've had a week off. They're <laughs> 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 trying to get back into the groove again. Oh yes, that's that's uh, talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So this one, this is. This is the one that you actually suggest that was trying to remember, and yeah, as what got us on this. Well, he's with that sort of hipster crowd, isn't he? This guy, Edward, he's the, with the cool gang of the 70s. Yeah, he's because they they wanted to perform sounds all the time, didn't they? It's, he did, he just like, um, yeah, let's perform a sounds, and everyone's like, yeah, let's do that. Everyone just tears the tables, and goes, <laughs> you're like. Well, okay, that's that's only how it works. I think it, quite a lot of um, films back back then had the sort of seance thing, didn't they? Um, where uh, you know whether it just sort of come into um, you know sort of um, I think it was just a fad. You know, it's yeah, the fad. Yeah. you call it the you know I mean you. It's a whole don't look into the abyss because the abyss looks back sort of warning. You know, it's yeah that sort of thing. Don't mess with forces you don't understand. That's um yeah. that's the thing. It's like any genre. You know, I mean, all genres are guilty of it. You have yeah. something that works and captures people's imagination, and then they, they just do it and they do it until it people get tired, and then they do something else. I think the difference is with horror is it can change. It has more variety. And can still change it about, even while having the mainstream stuff mm. can follow a trope. But there's so much independent and mid and low budget horror movies of different things that you don't really, you don't mind as much if that makes sense. Yeah, but the the, the first sketch, you know, when it seemed to be the the story that you needed to perform a séance in, in order to that's what called bring the, the bring the character out of the mirror. Uh, or up to the mirror, but uh, yeah, so um, it's you open the yeah. door, you, you send out the invitation, yeah, yeah. It's so like the vampire can't come into the house unless invited, you have no to one, have the ring the door. No door the seance, poor David Warner would have been stuck here forever, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but that's um, yeah, the first coast that was the whole point that he was, he was waiting, yeah, um, and it, his, his outfit was quite old. Which meant he'd been there, you know, could have been a century, really. Yeah. Because um, he was he was dressed like very sort of um, Victorian Edwardian, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I have to admit, for the time, it did like the effect. Hmm. Yes, I know yeah. it's a piece of glass. Yes, I know it's a smoke machine. But it yeah. looked good. And it still look better than half the CGI crap we see today. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, if you think of the the effect, he must have been actually in behind the mirror to do it. Yeah, it, it was a false. It must have been a yeah, false wall. It must have been a false room or something like yeah. that. That 
Um, you know, it was and just, land uh, down, so somebody obviously helped them yeah. come up. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a comment made that um, for most of the film he got up from um, the left hand side, and then suddenly he got up from the right hand side, and then went back to the left hand side. So, um, but you leave that to your imagination again. Um, but, uh, I think it, they picked the actor perfectly for that. He was he was um, he was just well picked, um, mm-hmm. well placed. Um, it's a good cast all throughout. Yeah. I have to say, it's um, uh, even the lesser known actor. It's uh, it's done really well. It's, I just yeah. miss. Just give me some good old classic horror, good old classic storytelling. Why not? Doesn't have to be super complicated. There's nothing complicated about this story. No, no. It's, the, so, the basis is they all visit the antique shop and and um, come to a grisly end. Yep, really. Uh, and this first one, obviously, by holding the seance. First of all, by cheating the uh, the proprietor, then yeah. you get the cursed item. Because if he hadn't have, I think. It would have worked out because we'll see that later on. Don't want to jump ahead, but um, he seals his fate by cheating in the first place. Then he's boasting about how he cheated. Then they hold the seance, so that invokes the spirit. And then, yeah. obviously, once everybody leaves, the thing starts whispering in his ear. Which, yeah, but the there's a the wee whole, bit of overacting, uh, but it was wasn't to, too to bad. A degree, you've got to use your imagination because you got to think, oh, what would have happened if he had paid the two hundred and fifty quid? Well, we've uh, seen it. Uh, we'll see it later on. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to jump ahead. No, but no. you've you see you've had a week off and you forget how this works. Yeah, <laughs> your your brain's still like thinking of um, uh, eating New York, New York, <laughs> and eating loads of food and cycling about the place. We're back to work. Come on, <laughs> come on, Nick, get it sorted. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it makes you. Makes you just wonder um, about things, um, you know. Um, like I said about the the blood in in between the change of shirts, you know. Have you got to add your own imagination into what happened between the change of shirts? Yeah, um, yeah. And it didn't give a number because normally with these sort of things, you know, because effectively the the spirit says to him, Edward, um, you know kill for me, off, I need souls, feed me, and then you'll be free, sort of thing. Yeah. Or, or I'll be free. One one thing that I did notice was um, the, the, the first guy in, in the mirror, what, what was the actor's name? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I don't I don't worry about stuff like that. You know me, I just concentrate on the story. I don't um, I can't think of who it was. Um... No, because even in the end, Marcel Steiner, Marcel Steiner, and I seem to know that name from somewhere. That's um, he, um, his at first, his face was all like um, zombieish. Yeah, it was all gaunt, and then, um, and then it gradually grew the more bloody guy. But if you notice David Warner when he was in the mirror, the, when he came up after their seance, it was perfectly normal. Yeah, I don't think they were. <laughs> I don't think they were thinking that far ahead. Like I said, these are really, like these are all about twenty minutes each, twenty five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that that could have easily been 
you know, a mistake. But um... I think it was. I think that they hadn't really. They were more trying to get you caught out with the impact as opposed to thinking, oh, because they weren't planning to start all over again. So yeah, and plus it hadn't been as long. The um, actually, it was one of the only mistakes I noticed was um, at one point in the mirror, you can actually see uh, a uh, like film man holding uh, a light um towards the uh, i mean there were others in the second sketch where um the room was suddenly lit with a candle about that big yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that emily was lighting oh, it's uh, the same when people switch on the you know when people are in bed and they switch on the side light and everything illuminates yeah and then they switch it off and then the big light comes off and you're like yeah that doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that was the only thing you saw um a film hand or whatever they call them. Um, I put the Marcial Snyder's like, name down. He does well as an imposing figure. I actually put it in the notes. That's how you see now I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. This, the second sketch I thought was very good. Again. This um, was the longest one. I was wondering why I was taking so many notes. Yeah. And then I realized oh, this is actually the everything else is a shorter sketch. This is actually a bit more drawn out. Mm. So the second one, uh, an act of kindness. We see obviously this comedy its finale, the Gatecrasher, and we've talked about it in other things about the murder. You know, he fades in, then basically takes his place. Yeah, and has to wait generations, but not as long as uh, Marcel's character, but. Then we'll, then we'll go back to the antique store. It's funny because it keeps setting up for the ending because you, you know it's coming because you keep seeing this guy hanging about out in the alleyway. Yeah. And bumping into each of the characters. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of know it's coming. I think um, Peter Cushing knew what was coming as well. well he, he? I think he's his character isn't strictly human, let's be honest. No. I think, he, I think the impression you're getting here is he is tuned in the spirit yeah. world, if not part of it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you got Christopher Lowe. Um, and actually, I got this is one I resonated both with most with because obviously, um, I've seen it with veterans and that, and just come into civil life, yeah. and just it's an alien world. And did you did you notice in the second sketch a lot of the, the they missed? The, a letter out of most of the things. I don't know whether it was an intentional thing or whether it was just a, a production thing, but they, um, on the uh, sign on the, um, that was hanging outside the antique shop. I forget what it was now. There was a letter. There was a letter. Yeah, there's something written underneath and there was a letter missing. And then uh, on uh, Donald Pleasance's, um, little um holder that he was holding with all the bits mm -hmm. in it's about serviceman wrong without the arm uh, i think it was and then there were several other bits where there was a, a letter missing or a, a misspelling um in a, a, a lot of the the things and i thought is it an intentional thing for some reason uh, or is it just the fact that you know they they thought uh well this is a serviceman he doesn't know how to spell serviceman um um, I'm trying to think of what was written on the um, the antique uh, sign. It, it was the one that was not not the one 
attached to the shop, but they, he had a like hanger outside. And, oh, I can't, uh, can't remember. It was wrong. Or he was missing the letter. Um, yeah, because the, the thing is called temptations, you know what I mean? It's, it's basically yeah. spelling out. You're being tempted. And if you succumb to temptation, then yeah, things are going to befall you. But um, yeah, they were, they were quite. A, if you get the chance to watch it again, just look at in the second sketch about you know for all the misspellings or um, letters missing mm-hmm. um, out of out of things that are um, advertised or written. Um, and I, just, I didn't get to look because I I couldn't see afterwards. Whether the letter in the um, temptation sign outside the shop was was actually back, um, so that would be um, strange if it did. Um, yeah, I'd be wondering like that. Mm. Yeah, but that's why you need. You know, you can look at all these sort of movies, especially these type that are trying to weave a subtle message. Mm. It could be a case that was done deliberately. Um, thing is, back in you don't have the same. Like today, it would be spoiled, and it'd already be out on the internet before the film ever showed, you know, watch out for the Easter eggs, you know, and busy tell yeah. where they are because people can't figure things out for themselves anymore or can't have discussion points or can't have any ambiguity whatsoever. Yeah. Um it could be. I, I missed the completely because I wasn't that's not where my focus is. You know, I don't mm. um I'm looking at the my whole focus when I do these things is the characterization and the storytelling. Yeah. Everything else is kind of yeah that's a nice bit of I'm always looking to get those two bits right. And yeah. to get those two bits right, I can forgive a lot. Mm. But I thought the second sketch, the the actual twist at the end was quite good because if you hadn't seen the film, you would have never expected uh, it to be the wish of of the child. Mm-hmm. They listened to the father because they killed the mother um, and... Um, you know, now they were listening to the child who wished both his parents dead. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then you don't know what happened after that. Yeah, it's a sort of universe. But, um, yeah, we've got this guy, Christopher Lowe. He was a pay clerk in the army. Yeah. Um, I believe he was a sergeant. He's now in basically a, a clerical role, you know, a senior clerical role, executive yeah. role. And... Oh, his wife. Uh, it's just her. Diana Doris, isn't it? She, yeah, she, she seemed to play a lot of those parts in 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 the seventies, didn't she? She oh, horrendous plays. No, oh. plays a horrendous character. You just wouldn't want to be married to it, would you? <laughs> it's one of those things you. <laughs> Although I've made some questionable life choices, so I can't really judge anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just yeah. we'll just leave out there. Um that's uh but yeah the these, these two <laughs> these two live in misery. Yeah like, these two despise each other, they're sort of trapped together because uh society yeah. says you know obviously divorce that that time divorce is like big taboo, so to get that would just have you blacklisted, you know, look down on society. Um he's not Actually, I think he is. He's not um, terribly unhappy at his job. He's comfortable. But she isn't happy or satisfied. She isn't happy that he's in such a low-paid, yeah, know, she, low-graded. She's job. your classic um, pads 
they're called pods, you know, army wife. Yeah. Camps will be set up in these small towns or, you know, bases. And a lot of people say the sea soldier and like, oh yeah, the prestige and the status. Yeah. And then if you're in the pods, you know, if you're in the Mari quarters and stuff, basically you're in subsidized housing. So you're like two, three bedroom houses partially paid for by the army, you know, when they look after them, you pay minimal rent, everything's looked after. Yeah. People still whine. Like people will not change light bulbs and expect to be done for them. That's how entitled to get. Mm-hmm. Um Wives are always given like there's always naffy jobs and stuff, you know, plenty of extra jobs for yeah. wives so they don't have to go too far. There's a community. And then they're not happy because their husband's always away on deployment and stuff. Mm. And then they want them to leave the army. Then they leave the army, they're not satisfied because what you get in the army doesn't equate to the Civvy Street, even though you're more highly yeah. skilled and you deserve it. It's a lot of the cases, isn't it? It's you know, it's a I'm doing shitty jobs at the moment and getting spoken to like I'm an idiot. And it's like, yeah. dude, I was in charge of entire departments. I, I ran an entire shift myself. I, I was a section commander. Mm. I, I was given in charge of like equipment that's worth millions. You know, it's it's yeah. it's the whole Rambo thing, believe it or not. Rambo was like, I was in charge of million dollar equipment. Now I can't even get a job breaking rocks. Believe it or not, it's actually that because you're you do have that when you you move up and that and you get position of responsibility, you do get responsibility. Yeah. And then to go into Civilian Street where somebody's like, Have you tied your shoes this morning? It's like <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, do you know how to turn up for working time? Yeah. That's and that's the thing that you're never late, like five minutes before with your kit ready to go. That was from the factory, you know, from basic training, that's beat into you. Yeah, five minutes before parade with your kit, everything you need for you, that particular lesson, ready to go, or whatever it might be. Exercise, you know, you you look to part one orders. You you always at, they're always posted at six p.m. at night, six a.m. in the morning. Yeah, you check at six p.m. at night to ready yourself. You always check at six a.m. in the morning. The duty you sent the duty student not in case there were changes. Yeah, you always thought ahead, and then you come into Savvy Street and you're like. Why is everybody waiting to like five minutes for? Or why is this meeting was scheduled for ten? Why is there people still walking in at five past? And you're you're freaking out, you know, because you're sitting, you're no taking equipment, everything what you're you need for it, and people yeah. are just mincing about and oh, I forgot my pen, and then bumble it, and you're like, oh, you know. <laughs> so I, a, I got a lot from this one. There's just just a, a funny bit. There's a military preparation college for youngsters in around my area. I won't say which town, <laughs> but um, down where I take the dog sometimes, and down by the river, and there's huge amount of like rugby and football fields, etc. Where she loves to run around, and there's a, a, a um, um, nature reserve. Um, the, this is where this military preparation college train. Yeah, one of the army sixth form colleges. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the last time we were there, it started pouring down with rain. So they were doing exercises under a load of trees that are down there and doing all the running mat, etc. When it started pouring down with rain and it didn't look like it was going to stop, the the commander took them back to the the college building, and oh, I thought. I thought, what's the point? Of that? You know, if there's a war, they're not going to say, "Oh no, I'm 
ceasefire. <laughs> it's raining, are they? That's the way it's going now. It's um, it's yeah. ridiculous. Part of one reason I've seen it happen. That's why I end up leaving. That and the civilianization of a lot of things. I end up just getting burnt out. But yeah. back to this, I can just see Christopher yeah. Lowe's character. I can see his frustrations. Um, mm. I've seen a lot of marriages break up in the army. In fact, uh, uh, no, it's not. I'll not even tell that story. Mm. There's some characters who. They like the lifestyle, so they'll divorce one and they're straight up looking for the next one yeah. so they can keep their house. Like yeah. blatantly looking for another squad in the same regiment to marry. <laughs> like your shit like Arquizod. And that's what her character... Um, God, what'd you call her? Anna She was... Um... I, I thought I'd put her name down, or is that... Was that another character? She was Mabel Lowe. Mabel, yes. I thought I'd put Mabel's name down. Hmm. Yeah, um, Mabel, absolutely. I've I've seen her. The thing is, she plays a good character because I've seen her type. Mm. But she despises him, yeah. and he is just threaters with being disrespected in his own home. But she even seemed to despise the, the child as well, which you can understand why the child had wished that both his parents were were dead. Because each each time that he 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 tried to um, join in with. It was a case of shut up and do your homework. Um, yeah, shut just up and, uh, children know. are seen but not heard. You're yeah. you were a method for me to trap this man, sort of thing. You know, yeah. you could just see the whole thought process by our character that she plays. Yeah. Um, and then we we'll find out later on that all she does all day is go to bingo and arse about and doesn't yeah. really never happy, just squanders. Yeah. Not um, and there's this whole debate, you know. Oh, the the nuclear family, the household, oh, it's oppression. It's like no, it's an agreement between two people. Hmm. If somebody's out being the breadwinner, then the other person looks after the house because yeah. you need two people to work together. Or else, if you're both out working, you both share responsibilities. You know, you can't be two separate entities fighting against one. Can't just do all the work. Two people have to work together. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the whole point of the day was supposed to be that, you know, okay, either or can be, but you need that stable family home. But what this week had seen is just constant conflict. Yeah. And strife and hatred. You know, basically burn naked hatred. And she, and she was putting him down all the time, wasn't she? Yeah, and that's not good. Um, yeah. That is not good. Uh, that's just an absolute horrendous environment to live in. You just, nobody yeah. should... Uh, she didn't have to beat up a lot. Yeah. But, um... but then we're getting... They spend more time giving you the back. It's almost the understanding why he does what he does. Yeah. Why I thought that him and uh, Donald Pleasance, their characters, because they were both servicemen mm -hmm. uh, or ex-servicemen, and you know they seemed to gel, didn't they? They It didn't, didn't matter that one was a... Um, a sergeant and Donald Pleasance, you never found out what he, yeah, um, what rank he met. They just seem to, I mean, one's well, in fact, one's in a stable job, a job. one, one was, was uh, begging really. But uh, we're also seeing as well, Christopher's you know, the character of Christopher, he never passes by this man without giving ban something, no, no, and even his wife, like he and. Even today, when he spent like 30p or something, you know, I mean, it's not like he's handed over wads of cash. 
even at that standard, it's the same today. Giving somebody a quid, yeah. and ban you know, ban something off them. Mm. And she's like, "You're giving to a beggar." It's like, not really. He's selling stuff, so he's bought stuff. He's doing an enterprise. Yeah. Why would you fault if somebody's actually doing that? Why would you fault them? Yeah. So they've they've went. He's went and bought all the shoelaces and matchboxes and necker, you know, necker bracks. And he, so he set up his little stall on his concession stand thing. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? You know, he's run the business essentially, a very basic one. So we're yeah. seeing that this character is kind, yeah. but it's it's down to the name of shop again, temptations. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are, how do you react when you're tempted? Yeah, and this the the name of the shop is is just perfect, isn't it? Temptations. Yeah, and that's that's the whole theme yeah. of the, the anthology. Yeah. So we're seeing Christopher's not being respected at home. He's not happy. Yeah. He he feels hated. He feels like he made a mistake coming out. Um, mm. he doesn't feel like he's. I mean, he's seeing this guy. Although he's a lower position, he's more decorated. You know, he's fucking like Kenny Everett with fucking <laughs> the gongs on him. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's like, oh right, I wasn't decorated, and. That's where he sees the the metal, you know, in the the window. Yeah, which yeah. is a massive no no. You don't wear what you're not entitled to. That's a big, you know, what I mean, no, so, no. you, you, you don't, can actually get done for that, can't you? Well, if the law over here, it's not like in America, stolen valor is different. If you pose as a soldier yeah. to gain, to either commit fraud or to gain from it financially, then you can get done. But the yeah. loophole is if somebody's just pretending, then they're not they're not culpable. Right. Okay. And it's a whole thing because you've got people freaking wing daggers and daggers and wings and yeah. metals and I mean they're really when the when they walter up, they're really walter up hard. Like don't go in between. <laughs> like they've got all the badges, all the courses, all the conflicts. You know, what I mean from the Boer War onwards, you know, they've <laughs> the Zulu uh, War. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah, like when these guys do it, they do it hardcore. But yeah, it was interesting the way, um, which is true. You have to show if you're buying a a replacement metal, you actually have to. You don't just go and buy it in the shop. Yeah. Now there are places now like eBay and stuff sell stuff, but metals are actually engraved. These are engraved with but, your yeah. name, rank, and number. Yeah. Um. So if if Donald Pleasance's character had actually looked at the meadow, he would have seen that you know it wasn't uh, his. Yeah, because they're stamped as well. So they're laser engraved now, but they're obviously back then. They were, you know, it was it was a big thing. It's not um, when you're given a you know because I've uh, obviously got campaign medals, I've got long service uh, Mm. jubilee medals. Jubilee medals aren't um, stamped because they're you know. they're basically given at the time of Jubilee, and it wasn't just military, it was anybody in the services, so it was police, fire, yeah. so the cost of trying to do them individually would be astronomical. But when you get presented a medal, comes a little box, it's got a little thing with your name, rank, and number, and then it's a great brand. You know what I mean? It's not a small thing no. to get. No. Um, I hate people, because it's a thing with the vet, as well, I don't hang about with veterans. There's a whole, the whole Tommy Two Shits thing, you know, you've been to Tenerife, I've been to Eleven Reef, so there's always somebody trying to put you down, saying they've done more. Mm. And I can't be arsed that because it's like, if somebody's had the guts to go and do it and go through and 
even getting through basic because there's so many like the dropout rate is ridiculous yeah. you, you start off and there's a couple of hundred and then all of a sudden you're battled down to like maybe 60 of you yeah and that, and i mean even the first week it's just boom 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 people just dropping off left right and center it's and that's only basic <laughs> that's not even yeah. anything harder later on promotional well, courses or anything you know what i mean just just after the Falklands War, my next door neighbour, uh, uh, Sergeant Jeff Dow, um, <clears throat> big guy, uh, really nice, but um, he come in one day with a um, video cassette and he went, "Steve, Steve, you got to watch this. I'm in it." So there I was watching this this documentary. See if he's um, trying to say he's the Egypt with a fucking flag in the back. There's uh, about 500 people are the Marine with the flag in the back doing the, the goose green walk. It's like... He um, he wasn't it. <laughs> but it was all of about two seconds. All you saw him do was load the, the rounds into the GPMG. It was like that. And then it panned somewhere else. And I says, give him back his VHS assist. You were only in it once, Jeff. I said about two seconds. Oh yeah, but I was in it. <laughs> That's um, that was a big thing. Oh, it was so, it was so funny because I watched the whole thing, you know, expecting him the to prestige have a big of um, part like Peter Cushing did in the film, you know. Yeah, but that's um, but that's the culture, right? So if mm. you picture somebody who's not been in the video, like you're yeah. saying, there's only you think of the right, you think of the tip of the spear. You think of the people that a have never joined, people that have tried to join and not got through, the people then who have got through and not done anything. Mm. Then there's the people that have done more, and then there's people that actually end up they're loading the GPMG on TV during a conflict. Yeah. That's you know, I mean, that's a very very small percentage. So the amount of prestige of being that tip of the spear is yeah. immense. So. Yeah. Back to this character, you can understand he's you know, I mean, he's banned matches yeah. of essentially a street beggar, yeah, but he feels inferior to him because yeah. he's not happy with his own life, yeah. And this guy's sitting gonged up the, the high health. Yeah. And I think that might have been when we see the end of this, you see a part of the, the story that was part of the bait, and he seems. Quite happy and like um, he's actually quite content and happy. In order to meet um, him on the first time, he spruced himself up, and he he took him home and he seemed so proud of his daughter. Yeah, because uh, at that point you didn't know what was what was happening. You thought, oh, it's a, a man with his daughter, you know, um, and uh, he he just seemed so natural and so proud of the fact that he had a daughter. Once again, this is um, this is a bit of culture we have lost. Mm. And I think it's because we've got so much American culture shoved down our throats that we've forgotten about. Yes, you mightn't have much, but it's what you do with it. And you can still have dignity and self-respect without being yeah. a millionaire. Yeah. And is this toxic American culture that's flooded over here of you, you you're nobody and you're you're shit man you're shit unless you've got 20 mansions you know that weird yeah. friggin mindset that we never there was a proud working class here there was a proud middle class and there was a you know a very strange upper class yeah because <laughs> that's where all the weirdos were now we've got this like weird toxic 
metal upper middle class is just uh, full of absolute lunatics. Yeah. But the the working class is gone. You know that idea that yes, I have my best suit. Yes, I'm I'm going to show you my my home. I'm proud of my home. Yeah. That we need to we need to find, try and find that again. I think there's a good lesson here. You know, you know this is a this is a very moral tale. Yeah. But the fact that Christopher's character, who technically, if you think about it, is higher up the pecking order, is higher up the social ladder. Yeah. But he feels he, inferior. He seems to prefer the the lifestyle that um you know Jim Underwood and his daughter have. Yeah, because what um, happiness, contentment. Then, yeah, happy and natural. It's not money. Um, it's not prestige. It's contentment and happiness. Yeah. You get those two things cracked, and you're nobody can touch you. No, that's why there's lunatic can't stand people who are happy. They just it seeds and eats away at them because they can't they can't stick it. Yeah, and we're seeing this get played out like because this is the long. I know it seems like we're talking a lot about, it, but it's it's the longest story actually. It's the one that's played out the most. The rest yeah. are all short and sharp, but this one is actually. Um, you're actually getting a bit of backstory to the character. You're getting a bit of background yeah. as in the as motivations. But basically, what it is he goes in to buy the medal. Uh, Peter Cushing's character is like, well, yeah, certainly I'll sell to you if you have your certificate. Yeah, which is you know, you gotta be, you get it on your orders. But you get you know, all the chains. He sort of leads the temptation, doesn't he? Because he puts yes. it in the cabinet, right in view. He doesn't lock the door. But it's uh, the same as the like you mentioned. He's never in the shop at first. Yeah, he it's always the side because he's watching what people will do. It's the temptations. It's it's the whole theme, and it's so cleverly done and so yeah. simple. Yeah. So just by not being there, is somebody going to nix something? Are they going to swap over? Which we'll we'll talk about the next one. Are they going to look yeah. at something and then pretend it's not? Yeah. And uh, that's it. What what are people like when they don't think they're being watched? That's how you know the character of someone. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. But actually, his character—he's—he's he's enamored with these two, and you can sell, uh, tell he's trying to set him up with Emily and stuff, and it's all a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, and um, and yet his wife hates him, but she hates the fact he's staying late. But she hates him when he's in the house. It's that weird. Yeah, I've been there. It's not good. It's very, very strange. Uh, yeah. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Uh, okay, so you hit me when I'm here, but you hit me when I'm not here, and it's like they just hate her. They don't want you to be happy. They want to destroy you because they're unfulfilled. Like toxic yeah. relationships are shocking. <laughs> you wonder. You know, some people just get together and they shouldn't. You know, it's just. So I was saying, isn't it? My wife left me for my best friend. God, I miss him. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, uh, but... yeah it was a, a. I mean, right through, like you said, the, the, there was this male relationship, this male bonding growing and growing, and then he lands up sleeping with um, his daughter. But um, but that was so much time I went past. Yeah, and it was only once he, uh, you know, he broke. Did you get like? From first meeting Emily, it's like, oh, that's a dangerous one. Yeah, he seemed to be 
slightly engrossed with her, didn't he? Because he was staring at her. Um, well, I think as time went by, he wasn't really too bothered. He was more interested in the friendship, you know, and just feeling respected. Yeah. But then yeah. it obviously grew into something. But did you get the impression that Emily was dangerous? Because I, I did the first sight. I'm like, oh. I, I felt there was something different about her. Yeah. <laughs> from, from the moment that, you know, she was introduced, uh, I, you, you begin to think, hmm, is, is, is there something not right there? Um, you know, is she, um, you know, disabled or, you know, um, I but didn't think that. She, I definitely thought dangerous. I definitely oh, thought. Not perhaps disabled is the wrong word. Is she, um, you know, slightly disturbed? Um, and when she goes around singing that song, <laughs> and he was, he was going, oh, you, you know, and she goes, oh, what's I singing? And, you know, and uh, he was too rude to say, look, you know, that song's got some pretty nasty words in it, you know. Um, but yeah, he put it in a nice way, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then there's the whole thing you have to tell me to do it, you have to order me to do it. Is that your command? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're being set up here, mate. You know, it's just. Yeah. Even down when they had the wedding cake, you want me to cut the wedding cake, you know? Uh, yes, he, yes, yes. He knew well, it was coming. Yeah. So she does witchcraft and that, and then actually. Um, and she did, look, she did actually look a bit like a witch, didn't she? she yeah, was, like I said, it was, there was danger. Like from her first appearance and her smile, there was danger. I got the danger vibe. Yeah. That this is not someone you mess with. Don't take this person for granted. Yeah. But um, I loved the twist in that one where, you know, they they were doing it for the child, really. Yes. Um, it was Stephen who prayed or something, and they're supposed to be yeah. the angels of death or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just that end scene proved it was Donald Pleasance down to a T, wasn't it? It was his sort of characterization that he was he he played in, you know, um a lot a lot of films really, but it was one that he was evil in. But he didn't yeah. give away the fact that he he was he, he played Was he evil though? This is the this is the whole thing about this series. This isn't a straight up good versus evil. This is people dooming themselves. That's what I'm getting from it. Yeah. I um the door, I would say there's an evil character. Yeah. But everything else is a force of nature. Yeah. And it's you, you know what I mean? It's like you decide to stick the lightning rod up in the sky and then complaining that the lightning hits you. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's what I'm getting from it. I don't see. I think it's a bit more ambiguous, and I miss things like that. You know, where you can actually talk about. It. You're not being beaten over the head and told this is the good person, this is the bad person. Like the mm. if they wanted Christopher's character, you know, the character Christopher to be evil, they would have just made him evil. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first one, Edward, he's a bit of a prat. Yeah. Not necessarily evil, but a bit of an idiot and a bit of a shyster. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's did he have to succumb to temptation? Did he have to keep the mirror? Could he have not got rid of it or got away the first time? He let himself be enamored, he let himself kill. Yeah, this character, um, he did try to smash a mirror, didn't he? Yeah, but that was already too late. He'd already done the first one. Yeah, he'd already done it. Yeah, he'd already done it. 
So it, you know, I mean, it's not like yeah, the regret after the act, but he mm. already carried the act out. So he had let yeah. himself succumb to temptation, and that's what this whole theme is. Same as um, Christopher's character, he stole the medal. Yeah, he continued to have the relationship, knowing uh, what what the plan was, and he let himself be led into temptation. Yeah, with with uh, Emily. Yeah. Yes, he knew what he was trying. He knew her father was trying to set him up, mm. and he knew that it would involve getting rid of his wife. He knew all this stuff was on the cards. Yeah, and even she said, "Look, would you have the voodoo doll?" Do you want me to? Are you telling me to do this? Mm. Yeah. And he's trying to justify it, but he knows that's the whole thing. And that's the it's a it's a classic tale of hypocrisy. You can lie to yourself as much as you want, but you know, mm. it's facing the stark truth. And yeah. unless you're prepared to look yourself in the mirror, you know, you're you're leading down a bad path. And there's people like spend their entire lives, I guess, that won't look in the mirror. We'll see it on the internet all the time. We we'll see these people that cause the most damage because they won't look at themselves or their own lives or they fix fix the problems with themselves first. Mm. Don't look inwards. Yeah, and that's you know it doesn't lead to good places. <laughs> and that's how horror is done, and um, that's why I want to do the morality and horror talk because there's so much in the horror genre that goes through all this. I think it'd be a fun, absolutely fascinating uh, chat to have. Yeah, would you have to do it over? I need to plan it out. I need to think about it a bit more. A, but this is this is a yeah. this is a fantastic anthology, you know, leading into this. Mm. Yeah. And like I said, it's moral ambiguity. It's not you're not told straight out. You have to make up your own mind. And not everyone's gonna agree with me. Mm. You know, it's it's down to yourself what you think. Yeah, but um, the third so, uh, subject wasn't it about yeah the, the elemental. That, this was elemental. I think this is the fastest one. This is the most. Like, yeah, it 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 appeared like um, on that one. I think it was just um, something they put in, and that's what it appeared to me. It, it didn't really click to me, and um, you know, whether it was the the character. Um, of that Margaret Layton played, oh, Madame Sinclair, Madame Orloff. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, she was a bit bonkers, very, very, um, uh, eccentric, wasn't it? She was eccentric. very over the top, very, very over the top. Um, Where the, the these first two have been subtle, this one is a bit more like up pace, but still, yeah. um, the premise is the same, though. We've got Reggie. Yeah. He comes in, and of course he bumps into the guy, and the he's about to walk into the shop. Yeah, he bumps into him again. Um, once again, this shop's empty. Mm. Give them enough time. He sees the stuff boxes. Yeah, changes the price over. Yeah, so he <laughs> changes it from forty quid to five quid, and you're like, yeah. naughty, naughty. And just as he does it, and just gives them enough time to close the door, Peter Cushing arrives. But that's the whole point. He's been, you know, what do you do when you think people aren't watching? Yeah. But did you notice the comment uh, that Peter Cushing made as he walked out? He paid for it and he went, uh, I hope you enjoy snuffing it. <laughs> now, 
it's got two meanings, doesn't it? Because when you snuff yeah. it, you, you, yeah. you're dying. So I thought, oh, that was that was clever. And yeah, hope you enjoyed. And the fact that it blew that when he opened it up, it blew. Once he changed it over, it blew onto his left shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? This this was all done. And so he starts walking around like that, really. Is yeah. yeah. But movies today can't get that even that simplicity, right? No. Movie done now. They're doing his right shoulder, having the left, or having his back. That you know, they blow it around his face. They wouldn't actually be that subtle. Yeah. And uh, they change it about ten times. They're like yeah. something so simple that the the act of swapping the price tags over caused it the blow. On his left shoulder, where the elemental was going to reside, yeah. And it was that you know, that simple act. If he hadn't done that, and then the elemental seemed to be attacking the wife, didn't it? It's, and but she thought it was him. Um, with a, that was the least convincing. Off. That was yeah. the least convincing part, and to be honest. Strangling her. Um, oh, but, uh, yeah. He can't help himself. He's one track mind, honestly. He's a man like a Welsh real. He's a Star Wars part. person. Isn't yeah, he? he's one of them. Was, was, womp, womp, pew, pew yeah. types. Yeah. Um, he had a decent enough character. Not yeah. much of it. You know, yeah. he was just Peter Cushing. He, he dialed that one in, so he. I'd say he gives a better performance than this. Here's one for you, Chris. Because Darth Vader was going around shouting, A New Hope! Return of the Jedi! The Empire Strikes Back! So Luke Skywalker says to Han Solo, What's wrong with him? And Han Solo says, Oh, don't worry about him. He's having one of his episodes. <laughs> there, that's for you, Chris. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. There's Dale. How are you? Dale and I were on last night. We were we're doing the Peter Jackson uh, oh, yeah. film series. That's I do love Peter Jackson films. Yeah. That's a, we're in the fifth one now. And it's, that's that's been an absolute blast so far. Yeah, uh, Brain Dead was good. Yeah, that's before you done that. We're on uh, just on Forgotten Silver, and then week yeah. after next we're doing the Frighteners. But Brain Dead was one of those. Do you remember I told you in the previous one about the video shop owner who used to propose films to me? She used to recommend them. And then she, she says, "Oh, you're gonna watch this one, Brain Dead. It's your sort of film." I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, we. I think we were both exhausted even reviewing that. Like we were just getting more and more excited as we talked about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we went on for about two hours or something. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun review. Um, yeah, that was a mental movie. It's genius. Yeah. But no, I would say Peter Christian gives a better performance in this than he did in Star Wars. Star Wars, he was just Gemmo or something or other, wasn't he? Um, something. Because he orders the Death Star. To Moff Tarkin. Moff. He, order, he orders the Death Star he, to fire, doesn't he? Yeah, and then it blows up and he yeah. was, was, womp, womp, pew, pew. Yeah. 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 Exciting stuff. Sorry, Chris, we're not 10 anymore. Some of us grew <laughs> up. We're watching grown up movies now. <clears throat> yeah. oh, there's... <coughs> Where did we go? there's a franchise that died at death. 
Oh, well, Disney took it over, didn't they? Uh, Lucas had already killed it before then. Yeah, I think Disney... Couldn't leave it alone. How many times did he read it? in the coffin, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He he just, he put the last nail in and then he gave it over to Disney going, here, you can nail that last one in there. I've I've killed it as best I can. Crack on. Yeah, because the character, Jar Jar Binks, was just... Oh, I don't want to go any further on this, you know. It's the force thing. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we're going, we don't yeah. want to discuss Star Wars. Yeah, God, we're, we're talking about it's a grown up channel for grown ups. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Chris Chris is only allowed in the baby pool of horror. Uh, right. <laughs> he's not allowed he can't go you know he can't yeah. do brain dead he's not allowed that's that's too much in the the deep end for him yeah he has to stay in the shallow end but <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna kill you now <laughs> yeah. uh right um yeah reggie number three yeah he uh tries it on seals his fate and then he's on the train and we meet Madame Orloff and like she's OTT. Oh, I see it, I see it just straight away. Yeah. And you're like, okay, right, that's that's what this is going. Um, there's not too much about this. He just he gets a an imp, essentially, you know, we yes. won't see it, but he gets an imp on his shoulder who yeah. causes mischief. Um the thing where his wife thought uh Susan thought that um she was strangling him stuff and clawing I'm like, yeah. where did the clawed hands come from? Yeah, I know. Those perfectly manicured nails. And he had his back to her as well. And just, it doesn't even make sense. No. And you're like, um, you're overacting her a wee bit, love. But then, obviously, um, Madame Orloff's like, no, overacting? Hold my beer. Um, hold my gentle. <laughs> I'll yeah. show you some overacting. I'm king of the overacting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, it, was, it was my least favorite segment. That one. Yeah, it was just uh, a bit daft. <laughs> like the rest have been clever. This one's kind of, mm. but sure, it's you're going to get that in the mythology anyway. Yeah. So essentially, it's possessing him. He's trying to get rid of it. She calls, of course, he keeps her card and her number because it's only a twenty minute thing. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the rest of us would have gone emptied out our pockets when we got home and. Threw it in the bin immediately, wouldn't he? But uh, no, but it wasn't the the snuff box. It was the the, the box. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean he, he he sealed his fate by carrying out the act. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, she holds the. Oh, you mean the card? Yeah, the card. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even made it home. No. <laughs> he would have waited until she got off the train and dumped it on the seat or something. Yep, not in the bin, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Overacting in shoes all around. They have like a an exorcism of sorts. Yeah. Like a new age happy exorcism. And was anyone surprised when it jumps from him and his wife? <laughs> no. <laughs> they weren't gonna live happily ever after. Come on. No. no. So yeah, she appears, kills him, and then uh, what I do love though is the way she pushes down the front door. Like yeah. that, that was cool. Right at the end, yeah. Boom. Like she could have just pushed the door open. No, they went. Now nah, you're you're smashing that thing down. And I'm yeah. like, I like that. That was subtle, and a good bit of um prop usage. Mm. 
She's like, life, it, life. Back, back then, it would have just been the door in the frame, wouldn't it? And, yeah, just got... take out the hinges and... Yeah. <laughs> Still, it worked. Yeah. It gave yeah. just that wee bit of oomph. Um, yeah, this one was ridiculous, but still mm. holds them the fame just yeah yeah I, th- I thought it was the weakest of the the four yeah. if you include the burglar the five or not burglar the thief um but yeah it, it's it was i think it was a sort of sketch where if you wanted to go and make a coffee um you that's a bit done. of debate yeah um yeah i think that's that's where it came from me and um, was that so yeah. But they're not long. If this had been half an hour, 45 minutes long, I would have got it. But it was only like a 20 minute thing, so boom. Yeah. It's over before you even realize. So you don't really have enough time to get annoyed. Nah. Uh, yeah. And then we'll meet uh, William. And to be honest, I, I kind of thought he was going to make it. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is part of the moral deal. You had to have the, the, you know, the survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasant yeah. enough chap comes in, he looks at the door. Oh, not surprised by Peter Cushing appearing. Everyone else has been afraid so far. Yeah. And he was happy to see him. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> what? Why would you really go in the antique shop to buy a door? <laughs> He's an artist. Well, antique door. He's an artist. Yeah. For a stationary cupboard. <laughs> um, I'll not lie. If I if I could find a door like that, it'd be behind me here. Yeah, I'm yeah. The, I'm that sort of person. If I if I could have, if I had a door like that, I would uh, burrow out the eyes. I'd have uh, bulbs on it. So uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I would have that all hollowed out, mm. and I'd have the the LED lights come through, so it all shone and stuff. Yeah, um, I, that's, that's something I would do. Yeah. So can't fault them. One thing I, I, I did think, although I couldn't see, were there faces on both sides of the door? Hmm? You know, on the door. Yeah. Were there, like, the evil faces on both sides of the door? I don't I think, think there were. I but, don't think so. I think it was no, the one side. Well, then when he was fighting himself out of the uh, blue room, the door had turned around. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think they fitted the door properly. I think it was made out of balsa wood or possibly cardboard. <laughs> that, a bit of the, face, the, face was, the face was on the uh, living room side. Yeah. Um, How many times did they lift that door on and off? When, when he was fighting in the blue room. Yeah. The the face was on the side of the blue room. As if it opened inside. Yep. He was uh, hitting it with the axe, wasn't he? The door opened out and it opened in. No, I mean, it changed, but the, they moved the door as well. It opened on the left side and the right side. Did you yeah. notice? Yeah. And the two removal men, like, they were making the whole thing of, uh, 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 and then <laughs> when they set it up, it changed, in the, it changed from wood to cardboard. Like, with, yeah. a, with a one frame, you're like, uh, just give yourself away there, lads. Reminded me very much of, of the scene from The Plank. With um, Tommy Cooper and Eric Sykes, don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, for, for it was, but it, it, it reminded me of, like a Laurel and Hardy type yeah. sketch with the door. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I remember his last performance. That was crazy. 
Yeah. The, the one he actually bought it. You're like, oh, did <laughs> we just watch that live on TV? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thought it was part of the gag. It was, was the Queen there? That was in the Albert Hall, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he, he fucking... Uh, he just, just died, didn't he? Yeah, he was doing the escape art act. Yeah. And, and he, uh, he came out, was, sat on, sat down, didn't he? And, and, no, he was still in the bag. Eh? He was still in the bag, wasn't he? He, he just... No, he was... And they, they had to drag him off stage. Yeah, that's right. He made it yeah. look as if it was part of the act. He was trying part to do the, the act, escape. yeah. Because they were all, go, all behind going... Bloody get him off! He's he's not reacting like type of thing, and um, yeah, God, if there's a way to die, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, but, uh, he was this sort of guy that you laughed at. Was, I was brought up as a kid with Tommy Cooper, and it was my sort of humor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Slapstick, you know. It's uh... yeah. I mean, I can always remember the the scene where the the tablecloth and. You had lots of serious people snatching the tablecloth and the plates and everything would remain on the table. And Tommy Cooper, uh, he, he went to pull the thing and then he'd turn around and go, oh, and tell one of his jokes or whatever, you know, and then he'd go to do it again. And then he'd, he'd think, no, I'm not going to do that and tell another joke. And then suddenly, finally he does it. And all the plates and the cups were attached to the tablecloth. So he held it up. And that was, as a kid, you thought that was hilarious. But um, yeah, you kind of got that way up with the door, but I don't think it was intentional. No. It's like but funny. Think- the last one was unintentionally funny. And this bit of it was just with the door because they took that thing on and off. It was like made of cardboard and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even but- when the two delivery men carried it in, you could see that, uh, I mean, if you looked at it, you would have thought that's one bloody heavy door, you know, because it was antique and mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of antique doors were solid, weren't they? And, and even when they pushed it up, when he says, "Oh, can you put it there?" It's a case of, yeah, that's what I mean. When they went from sideways to up, they went from wood to cardboard. Oh, you know, it would have took two or three to actually get it up. Yeah, like me trying to lift the granite tabletop on Monday yeah, and broke my yeah. foot <laughs> trying to get downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I went bump for then I went forward slap yeah. and then went to sleep. Somebody went and came and woke me up. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a fun Monday. <laughs> yeah. Um I wish so, I had been that door. I'd have rather carried that door made out of cardboard. Did you go quick, Mick? Call me an ambulance. And Mick went calling it is an ambulance. Call it. <laughs> I probably said I was gibbering about I was like going blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like laying on top of the thing, so I was like, Are you okay? I don't think I am. (laughs) Something blood doesn't hurt me at all sorts. I think I'm not okay. You know, the first thing that's come into my mind do you remember that old um, PG Tips or Tetley advert with the monkeys? Oh, yes, uh, they're going up the stairs with the piano. No, not not that. It's oh. it's the um, chimpanzees, and uh, you probably didn't see it. No, I don't remember that one. They were taking a, a piano up the stairs, and um, one of the um, chimpanzees, obviously it wasn't his voice, uh, goes, "Do you know the piano's on my foot?" And the one behind him goes, "You hum it, I'll sing it." 
<laughs> and it wasn't the piano was on his throat, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah anyway. but apart from the door being a bit ridiculous this yeah. was a decent enough you know bog standard cursed door leads into another realm yeah and i, um, I like the fact that he kept opening it and it was just the plain shelving and then the next time he opened it you know he was trying to say to his uh, girlfriend or wife whatever it was um you know, there's, there's a room behind the door and, you know, she just wasn't believing him. It was a bit like House. Yeah. It was a bit like House where, yeah, that it happened, didn't it happen sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, then, um, yeah. Fun. I, I, um, this one had a bit more of a tease of a backstory uh, when they're talking about Sir Michael Sinclair and the dab all the stuff he got up to. That would have been a great standalone series or yeah film yeah that would have been a crack one to get his that would have been a good prequel how he yeah. made that door because they'd actually built up his character quite menacingly and i was like what type of black magic did he do what type of witchcraft how did he get away you know i was yeah. thinking um sort of lady bathory type stuff but um they they used the color blue quite well because everything seemed to be blue didn't it and mm -hmm. every prop and everything and, uh, yeah, like, a strange a bit like, bit like the six strange color yeah because if you've ever seen me do the reviews when i'm on my own i put the red lights on yeah but for some reason blue has this eerily soothing sort of aspect to it yeah it's a it's actually a cool color and I was never a massive fan of blue growing up, you know, as a color on things. As I got older and started playing a little more, I realized that it's um, it's actually a really eerie color. It's actually better than red yeah. for horror. Because um, if if you um, ever put like on the smart bulbs, if you because you can change color on them, if mm. you put blue on, like you said, it, it makes makes you know, the environment. Right. If I go deeper again, like there's um like it just gives that sort of eerie yeah eerie glow to it, even coming off my face, you know, it's like yeah gives um a bit of an ethereal, it's got a bit of an ethereal vibe to it. Yeah. It seems, it seems to make situations um quite spooky, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Um yeah. It's, yeah, there just seem to be the, the use of colour. Quite quite well. Like I said, back in one of our previous podcasts, the uh, the color red was used in the Sixth Sense, and there was another one, wasn't it? And I mentioned, can't remember now. Uh, um, but uh, you know, this one seemed to use blue in in its props. There was the wine glass, um, you know, and uh, there's the bottle in the room itself, and the oh, yeah. chandelier, and even with the cobwebs, and that just looked blue. Just yeah, <laughs> but it looked. Yeah. Good, where if they were white, your typical white cobwebs, I think it would have looked cheap. Yeah. Where it managed the mask, the sort of, you know, I'm always worried about overly cobwebbing things. I'm not a massive fan. Things we've a cliched. Yeah. But with the blue light on it, it kind of kind of worked. If you think back in 1974, to actually get that effect was probably quite hard in, in, yeah. for the amount that was. I didn't realize there was um, associations with the colors. Mm, yeah, that's an address. That'd be an address one to look at. Color and horror. 
Mm. Maybe that could be a wee segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they seem to express a lot with with color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, have to go through all the films that had color. Yeah, and start seeing. Okay, what what are they trying to say? Yeah. Um. But yeah, essentially, he buys this door. He he talks to Peter Cushing's character. Like, I've only forty quid on me. You know, would would you take that? Or you know, he wasn't even trying to diddle him. No, no. The fact that he uh, <laughs> he got it for forty quid. Yeah, but not only oh. that, I just couldn't help thinking of Jim Bowen. Oh yeah. <laughs> start yeah. he has it over but okay it's almost like yes i'll start counting this i'll be finished after the break go the break <laughs> 10 20 <laughs> oh god oh that was a, that was a game show called one. <laughs> yes <laughs> they went like 150 quid Imagine be like yes this is so much money i'll 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 finish counting it after the break. It's like 50 pound notes. Like, oh dear. Um, and here's what you could have won. <laughs> Rub it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that game show was harsh. Yeah. That was like, that was brutal. And basically what it was, it was a professional darts player and a contestant. And it was a, it was around between answering so many questions to give the darts player so many goes and stuff. I was, <clears throat> oh, and if you had a better darts player than the other person, it didn't matter how many questions you answered and all that good stuff. <laughs> and then at the end, the non-darts player had to go and decide what the one. Yeah. Oh, game was evil. But yeah, um, that's what I just couldn't. The way Peter Cushing starts counting this money, I'm like, I just couldn't help thinking of Jim Bowen. I'm like, yeah, that'd <laughs> be smirk. But yeah, that's the standard. Um. We see that um, Sinclair is trying to take over William's character. Yeah. And then he resists, and then he decides, you know, he, the door keeps opening and closing, like you said. One minute's the other room and that, and then they find out about the what Sinclair was up to. In fact, he goes in and reads off his journal or something. Yeah. One of the visits. So he decides to get out of the house, he locks all the doors, but he tries to tempt his wife in. And then he figures out the chop the door part would end the curse. Yeah. Which quite straightforward. However, yeah. the he, only reason he gets that epitome is because he didn't try to screw over uh Peter Cushing. Because yeah. then it finishes up. They both survive, get out, um, the door disappears. Yeah. Um, and then we finish up with Peter Cushing going 39, 40, just right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clever. Very, very clever. So there's the example of, like you were saying before, what have we haven't done this? What have we haven't done that? Well, here's the example of somebody yeah. coming with honesty wasn't tempted. Yeah. And yes, they were still given the temptation, but the the survived the trial. Yeah. Yeah, but he was he was still given the the task. Wasn't yeah, he? still given the task. You know, yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. I think yeah. you're given a chance to redeem yourself or something. You know, it's. Or yeah. can you still fall into temptation? You know, when you buy the it's like you roll the dice, you buy the item, you're rolling the dice, mm. you're playing the game, you're playing the devil's bones. Yeah. This is these are you know, I mean all these sort of phrases we've got to look up and like we really gotta do this. The whole <laughs> morality and horror thing is a is an amazing phenomenon. Yeah. 
And like I said, that's, that's one that sparked my imagination, wanting to do this talk. What do you think, folks? Should we do it? Should we do morality and horror? Talk about all the moral messages that's been in the horror genre since dawn of time. You know, because it's... Callous. <laughs> honestly, I think it's the the best genre that's done it without being preachy. And there is yeah. a bit of farce to send it into. But lazy, right? No, it's just lazy storytellers. I think it's because it's people think of horror as really gruesome, don't they? And, um, Everybody thinks but, it's a slasher. Yeah, but is there, a, like you said, is is there a, a story behind it? Um, you know, in a, in a story that could mean um, something. If I'm trying to think of a, a good film, but if you take the, yeah, I suppose the Sixth Sense is a is a good one to um, to yeah, think I of. I don't want to talk about Shiny Bum. Nah. he annoys me. Shimmer, lemma, 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 as yeah, Shiny Bum. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. You ever see the interview after his sixth sense done very well? He goes, uh, he was so up, so far up his own backside that he, yeah, and I had the biggest, one. biggest grossing horror film of all time. And wow, did you <laughs> really? You only mentioned about <laughs> a thousand million times, yeah. yeah. Horror is such a wide ranging genre. I mean, you can get so much out of it, but it all depends on the storytelling. A good storyteller will present the question. This is basic, you know, but it's a good premise to it and it presents it to you. So you, it's up to you to make up your mind. Yeah. That they deserve it to happen, that they're not. Um, well, he did mention he was here with me when we did the review, and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a 2v1 on that one because Chris is like, this is the best thing ever. He's like, no, it's not, mate. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> but then Chris got other things from it that we like, didn't even pick up and was like, oh, cool, that's why you have different perspectives because that makes the conversation more interesting. Yeah. Rather than everyone just going lockstep with the same flipping thought. Yeah, we only <laughs> have one thought. That's boring. Like, who wants to live? Oh, wait, there are idiots want to live in a world like that. <laughs> They're not very exciting people. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah that was cool and then we get to the epilogue and finally the robber who we've seen since the start who knows going to rob the shop Yeah, because he may as well have had a freaking sign on his back saying robber, robber. <laughs> yeah. even when he's reaching in for his his kosh you know yeah. and you're like yeah he's going to rob the joint don't, don't you think he's very much a, a sort of late 1800s type of robber oh, yeah, he's a highwayman yeah, tin as if he's like got a, you know, a machete or anything like that. <laughs> you yeah, know, the spam just be like stand and deliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so, but he comes into the shop, and as always, Peter Cushing's on about. Is this the one where he had the crocodile, or was it the last one? No, he has the pistols. Yeah, the pistol. He's like, I was just loading because you load flint pistols before putting them in a box to give the customer. That's what you do, and you prime yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's do. what you do. Absolutely, even though it's illegal to have a, a loaded. <laughs> no, but even for safe transportation, you don't 
took the flip. Didn't it? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just just loading them. <laughs> yeah. You do know it's a joke, mate. <laughs> Chris is taking it all serious. Yeah. Yes, sir. My review is valid. Thank you very much. <laughs> Poor Chris. Oh dear. That's okay. He's gonna he's gonna have fun with tremors too. Then then it gets really daft. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing tremors too. Man. That's like the next sensible one. And then it just goes mental. Wasn't Kevin Bacon? <laughs> hmm? Kevin Bacon was in Tremors. He? He's in the first one. First one. Uh, yeah, and then we don't see him again. And it went terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're, well, we've got we're still our six movies today, so we're <laughs> we're going to descend oh. down that rabbit hole. And two TV shows need to find those TV shows as well. Oh, yeah, fun times. But yeah, um, yeah, we've got Peter Cushing. He's loaded up these pistols because yeah, yeah, set up and a half. <laughs> and the guy should know if somebody's if you're coming in with bad intent and somebody's smiling and handing you the weapons, <laughs> you're being set up. You know, you should be the, the old uh, spider sense should be tingling like mad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a bit dumb though, wasn't he? He's, yeah, well, if you're if you're standing about outside the <laughs> shop all day getting ready to rob it and you're so obvious, you're not exactly a bright spark, are you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to rob the shop with two pistols that he's just given me. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah, that's going to work. But I'm yeah. coming in with a flipping truncheon, a you know, a flipping thing. That's what I'm robbing the place with. Yeah, that has swords and all sorts. Yeah, and the guy's not bothered. That should be a hint. The guy's not bothered. No, you should be going. Why is he not worried? It's the old heroes. Tale isn't it? when you're when you're the group of muggers and the hero standing in front of you not saying anything and smiling, mm. you're like, should I be doing this? <laughs> Never works out well. Yeah. But yeah, he, he just straight up. Give us the contents of the tale, wasn't it? He he wanted the money out of the t the yeah tale, didn't he? What did Peter Christian <laughs> say? He's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody's so calm and casual about that, you're like, Yeah, I'm not in a good place. And then he, he takes the pistols up and handed, nothing happens. It's when he throws the pistols. Yeah. <laughs> and he's bouncing off them like <laughs> foam. <laughs> and you're like, nah, you're you're in trouble. And then he just falls into the coffin. Yeah. And then he just Oh well, will it be a cushion? Yep. Oh, he's, in the, he's in the coffin. <laughs> yeah, with the spikes because it's like a yeah. it's like a box version of an Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the little epilogue. Yeah. Yeah, come in. Yeah, we have. I've got to speak to my my customers, isn't it? And uh, um, he was speaking to the audience who were watching the film. I thought it was very clever. Mm -hmm. Very clever. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I do enjoy the film. I think it's uh, it's it's one of those that's on my list that I would never get bored of watching it. In fact, I watched no, it. No, no, it's a pleasant watch. It's... I watched it three times over the past. <laughs> mm -hmm. the past, uh, well, if you take out my holiday week, the past two weeks, mm -hmm. 
clients <laughs> and uh, trying to pick out you know what i'm like with mistakes and like i said there was only um one that i could classify as a mistake um which was the in the other one we just didn't know if it was a mistake with uh, david warner having blood on his blue shirt that he changed from a white one and i think it was just highlighting the descent and the madness yeah so um but yeah it's just the from what i can make out just the the guy with the the light shining production guy but uh yeah I, I enjoyed it i thought it's very good and i do like anthologies anyway in films you know you got the I like them if they're part of a theme. Yeah. I don't like anthologies that are just thrown together. No. no. That, that's a mess. Oh, there's um the Terminator guy from Twitch. Greetings. You've just come out at the end. We're just about to wrap up. Hello, Terminator. <laughs> and you've been, hopefully you've been watching throughout. But uh, yeah, good to have you on, man. Good to have... Um, we just need somebody from Facebook to jump on. We've got the whole uh, trifecta. Comments. <laughs> yes, by the way, Facebook folks, you can't comment. Yeah. Hey, no bother at all. Just uh, that's what we're, you know, <laughs> we're on. Good to have you. Um, obviously, you can watch back, but uh, we've been discussing from Beyond the Grave. It's a horror anthology. But yeah, um, Twitch won't let me bloody put the schedule. No, in YouTube, I can schedule a stream and it'll let people know when it's gone. Yeah. Twitch only lets you do it if you're doing something the same day every week. Mm. And that doesn't work because no. that's not what we do here. We do various segments and that and they're different. And yes, we have a few themes now, the series we're following, but that's not all the time. I don't like the way Twitch is set up because you can't really let the audience know unless you manually put everything in. But even manually putting it in, it has to be a better every Monday or every Thursday or, you know, it's not very good. Yeah. Mm. But we um Got people watching Twitch was cool. It's good to have everybody. That's why I've streamed on multiple platforms because gives everyone a chance. But always good to have you. Everyone is watching. Um, obviously glad you come along for the ride. It's that's what we do. We're talking about uh, we talk about new movies, old movies, TV series. We talk about games, books, you name it. Uh, tie-ins. So uh, this is a good one to watch if you like just straightforward horror. You know, classic yeah. horror. The a bit of a moral tale, ambiguous moral tale where you have to figure out is the character good or bad? Did they deserve what happened to them? This, this is a good anthology. Yeah. And Peter Cushing makes the film. As Absolutely. The Even though he's only in it for little snippets. Yeah. Um, character, and this is brilliant. It's understated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very. But, uh, I, th I think, uh, again, right throughout the film, it's well cast. Um from uh, you know David Warner, um, mm -hmm. you know he's he's a class actor really. He's uh, he's he's one of those actors. I think is very underrated. Um, you know um, he he should have had a lot more prominence in films where David Warner was top of the you know number one star sort of thing. Um, but I think he again he was perfect in this film. Um, and Donald Pleasance, uh, you know, he's he's just a class actor anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, if, if you look at all the the names that probably wouldn't have been um, prominent in 1974, but they went on to be um, 
you know, in some quite good and major films. Um, yeah, but, but then again, uh, you can be famous now, but the thing's legacy. Mm. So while some might be, oh, didn't get their start in the time, there's folks that will always be remembered. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's some that are maybe big stars of time. You forget half their movies. Yeah. I'll give you an example today. What do you call him? Big Dumb Johnson. Don Johnson. Yeah. Dumb Johnson. Dummy. Uh, the Rock. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Who's yeah. going to remember anything he's done once his PR team stopped pushing him? Yeah. He but... is going to be... He's big star because his PR team pushes him big star. And the minute he stops making movies and goes into retirement, yeah. he'll be forgotten about. Bit, Where we've got bit, actors bit. here that mightn't have been A-listers, but they'll be remembered. Like, And you can still watch their stuff. A bit like um, years down the line, Jean Claude Van Damme, really. Um, you know, he was everyone wanted to watch his. Oh, yeah, he was typically Apex, wasn't he? Yeah. And, um, and then suddenly he's advertising Coors Beer. On. Yeah, <laughs> but he's forgotten, and a lot of people would go, Who is this guy advertising Coors? More 10 years, he'll be completely forgotten. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. So, stardom isn't important, no. Quality work, yeah, um, and that's what it. You know, part of the theme of this show is obviously talking to creators and about creativity. Mm. If you create something with the right attitude, um, for the desire to create, things have a habit of falling into place. Yeah, if you're chasing stardom, you might achieve it, you know, briefly. Or if you're trying to like get the viral video, you might achieve it. But then after that, what have you got? To save yourself, if, or what? If you're a superstar, and um, there's always the expectation from the fans that you're going to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the first tough know, one you do, the first thing that goes wrong, yeah. it's not well received. You're down the toilet. You look at Will Smith. Will Smith's on his. You know what has he done recently? That's actually good. Um, he kind of screwed himself up anyway. So. Yeah, but he's. <laughs> He kind of self destructed. He did that to himself, so can't really. <laughs> he was already in like uh, this, but I, don't I think, I think he that. he also died around the time of After Earth. Did you ever see After Earth? Oh god, it, that was a night shimmer. Was that a shiny bomb? Oh god, abortion! Oh god, it was terrible. Yeah, let's. Didn't he get that desperate and try to do another? Bad Boys movie, yeah, yeah. Like how tragic is that when you're trying to drag yeah. characters, young characters, like out twenty years after they're done? You're like, yeah, yeah. That's but then again, that's why I watch horror because you don't get too much of that. We know these are low budget movies, and um, you got yeah. the mainstream stuff, which is just watch once and forget sort of thing. Yeah, suck it, David Gordon Green, you twat. <laughs> 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 Are you the savior of horror now with those ratings? <laughs> yeah. was, you know, what I mean, people that got just burned and they disappear because he'll he'll go into action movies or something after this or love stories, yeah. whatever it is he wants to make. Yeah, it's um, if you take the likes of some uh, director like Ken Roach, mm-hmm. um, very choosy with what he comes out, and you might not hear from him for 10 years, and then he comes up with a belter of a movie. Which he's chosen because he knows he can do a good job of it. 
and he doesn't go, oh yeah, I want to, I'm going to do Star Wars, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, I'm going to do three films a year. You know, you might get one every ten years, sort of, sort of thing. Um, but uh, it's not horror. Ken Roach, he, he doesn't do horror, but uh, um, but uh, yeah. Now horror is like the most forgiving genre because you understand the limitations but you don't last if you don't have integrity yeah even slashers you know i mean it's there has to be a bit of integrity because even they fall flat because it's been yeah. done a hundred times so you gotta <clears throat> they, they try to revive it don't they when it's it's fallen flat a bit like the halloween movies that, that's why i'm making the joke about uh the exorcist um, yeah. whatever it's called Believer or something like, it's just yeah. fallen off a cliff before it's even started and that yeah. parcel's going around I'm the saviour of horror I'm going to make it all a love story it's like yeah okay mate yeah. Yeah. that's why I'm gloating a bit because I'm like You're also, a uh, <laughs> I think it was a TV movie of Exorcist um, what was it called um, Exorcist Ray Obviously, um, uh, um, I need to watch them again actually. Um, because uh, another one, fun. I like two people slide that off a bit, but um, I did like the fact that they tried to bring like a like Reagan back and you know, yeah, half that it wasn't just all everybody lived happily ever after. Mm. You know, I did like that, just didn't do it too well, yeah. Um, was it a weird one, didn't it? God, I remember that. Uh, time. Um, I'm trying to think. What it, I, I, I actually saw it on uh, <coughs> on Prime. Um, Never mind that. Exorcism is 64,000 feet. Check that one out. It's a horror comedy. I reviewed it. Go back to the yeah. videos. Um, that one's mental. A lot of fun. <laughs> That's... Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a cool one to watch. <laughs> really enjoyed that one. Just daft as hell. Didn't um <clears throat> um what's his name? Oh, the, the funny guy. Um, he was in Dracula Dead. In Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Didn't yeah. he do a, a Nicky take of uh, Exorcist? Ah, there it is. Did I? <clears throat> Exorcist Vengeance was released last year. Um, oh, I don't run that one. I'm not, I can only watch because um, a lot of them are the same trope old, pre, old priest and young priest walking in exorcism. Um, so yeah. I watch an, an exorcist style movie, but I have to like leave it months before I watch another one because I'm done. You've watched it and you've seen everything, if that makes sense. Yeah, I have to like leave it before I watch another style because. That's the worst thing as well on streaming. If you pick one Exorcist style movie, bloody hundreds of them just start appearing afterwards. Like a yeah. on the thing you might like. Calm down. Freaking a lot of them are awful. Yeah, this this or, one must, must be good because it's got a IMDB rating of 2.9. <laughs> fantastic. So it's one to watch, right? <laughs> Not. Do you know what? Some of those movies are fun, though. <laughs> They're fun to rip apart. 
Yeah. See, I don't mind bad movies if you if they're fun. If they're if a movie's so bad, it's you know, but it's done with heart that you can actually just rip it apart for all the mistakes. Yeah. That's uh, uh, a good time to have by all, and I don't I don't ever uh, hate anyone for doing that. Um, I'm trying to think of the the one. Um, we I'm sorry, get oh, the chat's going mad here. Flipping, um, <laughs> um, none too. It was all right. It's your typical popcorn. Get some popcorn, watch it. Um, I did a review. I never fell asleep because I was in one of those 4DX chairs that rub and blow stuff on you, and it was just rubbing me and putting me to sleep. Mm. <laughs> so I'm saying yeah. it's going back and forth, I guess, in the camera, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I think. And I'm like, this... oh, priest and fire. Okay, <laughs> I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, the, the story on that, I was having none of it. It's nothing. Um... <laughs> you didn't get that, did you? <laughs> I was having none of it. Never mind. Oh god, no. One uh, what's the other? The true horror is Steve's puns. <laughs> this is the true horror of this podcast. The one I watched the other night, a Savannah haunting. It's actually quite good. Did I watch it? I think I've watched that one. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. But uh, it's a, it's a, obviously it's one of those inspired by a true story ones. Which, um, uh, yeah, it uh, can be, uh, uh, but it actually stars the people who were involved McCulloch, William McCulloch, and a few of the others. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. The important question is though. Are we going to go through the Amica series? Because they're they're coming. Didn't you send me a message that they're yeah? They're, 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 I read a report. They're resurrecting the, themselves. I sent you the report, didn't I? Yeah, Amica um, Studios is uh, coming uh, back uh, in August this year. They announced they were coming back with a new title, um, because the guy who ran Amicus up until nineteen seventy four ran something else, another type of studio. Um, Right up to date, and then suddenly announced he's bringing back uh, Amicus, and um, so yeah, um, might be a good thing, might be a bad thing because they're based in Shepparton, which isn't too far from me, so I could nip over and be like, um, horror these days. Horror these days is, uh, I think, it's very competitive. Some is rubbish, and some is good, um, but um, to bring, as long as he, I mean, he could come back with the same sort of. Genre as the stuff he did in 1974. You can um, tell the same stories just in the modern setting. You yeah. just this is the thing. This is the whole thing of t- timeless storytelling. Yeah, it does. This whole thing of modern audiences cracks me up because the modern audience is only for a generation, and then it's no longer the modern audience. It becomes aged and irrelevant because then you've got the new modern audience. Where if you have the timeless tale, the timeless tale is always temptation. Fighting your inner demons, good versus evil, and that's yeah. you know. Not like I said. Well, uh, I need to think more about morality because that's thrown in. But mm. you don't tell people morality as you leave it up to the audience to decide. Yeah, was did that person deserve their fate? Were yeah. they right? Were they wrong? You know, I mean, that's something mm. person, and you leave the story just open enough that people as, can have their own minds. As we know, as we know from doing. Beyond uh, from beyond the grave, your your opinion of morality might be different to my opinion of the film about morality. Yeah, much like the opinion of your jokes. Yeah. 
Should go on a ghost hunt. Yeah, right. Flip on ghost to be running. The, you, the ghost would be screaming if I come in. Ah, get that idiot away from me. Ah. You're in the army, did you say? Uh, yeah, I did uh, one or 17 years. I can just imagine you looking for landmines. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, Actually, that was pretty close. The One of my last exercises in the middle of Otterburn and you know, uh, just outside Newcastle? Yeah. Yeah, uh, horrendous place. I've got the volume, it's like the metal detector thing, front of the thing going, and I mean, you're on a range, so spam cases everywhere, so the thing's just going bleep, 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 bleep. right? The, way, the wind is going sideways. I'm soaked, and I'm sitting, you know, because your, your rifles are in, you're flipping, doing this thing, bleep, bleep, bleep. I'm just going, would something just blow me up right now? Honestly, I welcome death. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be worse than this. <laughs> and it was an exercise, so I'm like, would it just a real landmine turn up, please, and just put that put me out of my misery? This is shit. And that was um I think I was out six months after that. Yeah, it was a sort of last, you know, <laughs> last major exercise I did before I signed off. Um yeah, and I just remember wishing for a landmine, going just something, just something, just I can't do this anymore. This is <laughs> Boring that, and this thing's just whizzing and but no, no indication because just all the interference, the things didn't work properly half because you you got the tough ones. Obviously, they kept the good ones for on the job, so yeah. the tough ones were used for training to go through it. And if you were going to go into the exercise, they tell you anyway that blows something up beside you, so didn't really matter. <laughs> you weren't finding it until it blew you up because they wanted to do cast them. I just like yeah. I, I, a, a rocket, a flipping mortar shell, an artillery shell, something just I'll I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But fun times. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this is good, good, good good anthology. Um shall we go back through shall we look these other ones up? Because I know we're gonna do the House of Drip Blood, so it seems like a bit of a shame not to do the rest. Yeah, yeah, because a good studio, isn't it? It's... Yeah. Pretty good studio. Easily yeah. mistaken for Hammer. Yeah. But it's, it's just it's, got that. If you watch one Hammer next to uh, and you didn't know the difference, you'd think, oh, this must be a Hammer film. Yeah. Or the other way around, oh, this must be a Amicus film. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, they were so, they're, they're, their films are so alike uh, in production wise. Um, must have, you know, obviously crossed a lot of the same team. Yeah. But uh, there you go. Um, yeah, everyone, and yes, Chris, thanks for making the trifecta and commenting on Facebook. So we've got every platform just testing it, make sure it works. Um, <laughs> who have I missed out? This um, Terminator guy on Twitch, Starmate, good to have you on. Uh, did I see somebody else? Anthony, Anthony Carroll, good, good to have you on. Um, the only anthology film with a twist ending that makes it. Ends on a happy note, yeah, because yeah. Robert got his just desserts. And who doesn't love a Peter Cushing monologue straight at the camera? Oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, very clever, very clever. Yeah, he was awake during this one, he was only half asleep during the star things. <laughs> like, Am I really dressed up to do this? Okay, okay, I'm over. Right, I'll take my paycheck. See you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Um, same again. Thanks very much. We will uh, we'll start scheduling these up, and we'll go through this whole amicus 
uh, anthology series, and then we'll maybe look at some other ones that maybe we didn't realize were Amica Studios, and we'll uh, keep you up to date in the return as well. well. We'll keep our eyes open for that. Be interesting to see what comes out of it. Mm. And yeah. we'll, as usual, games, books, narrative fiction, you name it, we do it. Avatara, it's on here in some shape or form. So keep up to date with the channel, do the typey clicky things. Until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs>